Here we are. Lawyer talk. Might be fight talk today. Fight talk. How do we end up with fighters? I don't know how this ever happened, but it's happening. It's probably driven by me. Because I'm such yeah, a fight you're fan. Such a fighter. Yeah. 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 He's such a fighter. I'm such a fight fan. Let's, let's, let's be clear here. Well, you guys just fight with your uh, litigation, right? Or yeah, your yeah, mouths, right? You're yeah, yeah. fighters. Yeah. 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 Well, we got the uh, immortal with us today, Matthew Brown, UFC yeah. fighter. Yes, sir. We've got, uh, I looked your stats up, 21 wins in the USC. Mm-hmm. UFC. That's pretty amazing. He's been fighting for a long time. What's the UFC? Ultimate Fighting Championship. I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> um, yeah, Matt Brown. You're a Columbus guy, though, right? Yes, sir. Born and, and raised Yeah, in? in some respects. I mean, I'm actually not born and raised here. Oh, you're not? Okay. No, no. All right. That's my bad. No, no I was I born in Bowersville, Ohio. Oh, Ohio. Anybody heard of Bowersville? Where's that at? Is that Green County? I don't know where. Yep, Green County. Green County. Damn, he's yeah. done his research, huh? Green mm-hmm. County, Ohio. Springfield? Mm, no. No, 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 no. It's Clark County. Green County is, uh, where is Green Zenia. County? Zenia. Zenia is the yeah. county seat. Yeah. yeah. That's some Green um, County cases. So if you go down towards Cincinnati on 71, right past the outlet malls, hmm. you know, the Jeffersonville yeah. outlet malls. Yeah, yeah, you pass You them. go past that, and then it's like the next exit. Gotcha. Past that. Yeah. You'll see some uh, water tower. And some corn silos, and that's our town, man. That's yeah. the, that's the highlight of the town too. You can see it from the freeway. What's the population? Two hundred. Two hundred. It was one ninety eight last time I checked on Wikipedia. Gee, one hundred ninety eight people. No stoplights. Is there a, a flasher? Uh, not even a flasher. We had a fire station, volunteer, post office, uh, mini mart, and a church. No, ch- uh, like two or three churches. Yeah. <laughs> of most course, of, most of the population lives <laughs> no. in church. Yeah, is there? Uh, what's the cl- if you were looking for big city entertainment? Where do you go? Um, Jamestown was like the big city when I was a kid, and then Xenia would be next. Gotcha. Yeah. But Jamestown was like legit the big city for me when I was a kid. Wow. So now you're, what's the current status? I guess for people that don't know, you're now a, like on TV professional fighter, right? I mean, that, that was mm-hmm. your, that is your gig. How did you get from Bowersville, Ohio to that? That's a long That's story. A really yeah. long story. <laughs> you want to read the book? Yeah. <laughs> I got to get a book sometime. Um, well, what was your it. high school like, like life like? Um, I was a trouble kid. Yeah, yeah, I was a piece of shit to be honest. Just a, you know, fucking all that. And yeah, you know, I just didn't uh, feel comfortable in high school, man. I was like, uh, um, how do you say? It? You know, I was very athletic, and I probably should have been on the varsity teams and stuff. But you know, they they were being a very small town like that. There was a lot of preferential treatment, mm-hmm. and, and I still look back on that and see is that is a huge turnoff and a big turning point in in my life where. I was beating like the the wrestling. I'd be beating the senior, but they would give it to him anyway. Or uh, really, or way way better than the running back. Way better than the safety. Those were my positions, and mm-hmm. you know they would still give them the starting position. And hmm. I was like, what am I even doing this for? You know, I could go sweat and get knocked around by these guys, or and go, you know, drink a forty and smoke a blunt. Yeah, I it's mean, it's such an it's funny how and you're at that age. Yeah, look, I, 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 no secret what we do here. I represent people charged with crimes. I represent a lot of kids who have found themselves sort of going the wrong direction and, and try to come up with ways to help them. But at, at a certain age like that, you're so vulnerable to these concepts of what's right and what's wrong and what's mm. fair and what's not. 
And it's so easy to use these words that I always uh, caution people about. Fuck it. Right? And as soon as you say fuck it, yeah, you yeah. usually do the wrong thing. Absolutely. And, and kids are so prone to say, you know what, fuck this. Mm. And then they're off, like you said, drinking a 40 and smoking a blunt. And it, it really, you can't, you can't blame anybody else, but you can almost explain what happened, right? I mean, it makes totally, sense. I totally yeah. get it, yeah. Um, so I'm working with this company, um, I, don't, I don't know if it's, it's a nonprofit, where they help uh, addicts and people getting reintegrated in society, coming out of jail and stuff. I'm working with them to integrate them in the martial arts. And it's funny, like the first thing they talked about was the, the issues that these people face to become addicts is isolation and depression and things like that. And when they started kind of putting it like that, I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Like I felt mm, alone. Yeah. I didn't feel like, you know, there was people there to guide me or help me. I felt by myself. So I was like, if, well, if I'm by myself, I'm doing what the fuck I want. And it's going to feel a lot better shit face drunk or, you know, on a line of Coke or something than it is, you know, sitting around, you know, fucking staring at the wall. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You, and these guys, I, we, when I have, particularly, I always say this, it's like guys, boys from like 16 to 20 something, early 20s that are in trouble that are in my country, I always say, no, that's my specialty, right? Because I can sit there, I can relate to it in a lot of ways mm-hmm. where I can say, you know, I, we had one kid in here recently, he's, like he loved music and I could just see that maybe his parents thought that was a dumb career choice or dumb whatever. And I could sit there and empathize with him and just share a moment with him about his music or share a moment with like somebody else about uh, their football or share a moment with somebody else about like a cool book they like that maybe it's not cool to like. And you can just see them light up, like yeah, light yeah. up, you know, because they're like, you oh, think there, there was probably, you guys might have more input on this, but maybe in the fifties and sixties, there was sort of a, maybe even before that, the forties and thirties, there was sort of this, uh, um, narrative that you're just going to do what your parents did, right? Like, yeah. you know, you're going to be a farmer. Like my dad yeah. was a machinist. He owned his own machine shop. I grew up in the machine shop and it was like, this is what you're going to do. And you're going to be in this shitty little town your whole life. So, and Oof. I didn't feel like I fit in there. Yeah. Right? And I think that was, uh, you know, it's changed a lot in the past, I don't know, 20, 30 years, but that was sort of, uh, a common theme back in the day. Yeah, when we were growing up, and, and if there, if you're not going to be there and you don't want to do that, there's probably not a whole lot of people telling you, you're yeah. giving, or at least understanding that and sharing other options with you. Yeah. Sometimes the family act like you left the family. Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah, them, yeah. like you going on to do your own thing is like I can't believe he would leave the family. My father got that. Yeah, because you, know, you know they were farmers and they he decided he wanted to be a pilot, and then when they moved to the Ozarks, you know they were from North Dakota. You talk about a small place there. The towns that I'm from there, you know they don't have a stoplight either mm. you know they got a post mm. office they got a couple churches they got a school and the nearest city's 500 miles away <laughs> that's it mm. that's it and i do believe that him and his uncle left to go do their own things and they both to a part of the family was like i can't believe they left well a good example of my little brother he's an artist so we have a kind of diverse family mm. my older brother's a lawyer i'm a fighter and my younger brother's an artist so he went to uh, columbus art college that's actually what brought us all here to columbus myself I came here to get away from the life I was living there. So, um, you know, he was basically, you know, pushed away from the family for a while until they got it. You know, they're like, dude, like, you're not going to be an artist. Like, there ain't no job. You can, you right, know what I mean? Like, you you, do. Yeah. What do you mean to be an artist? Like, you don't make money doing that. You know, a lot of times we see this with sort of the right brain thinkers, right? You say your brother's an artist and mm-hmm. uh, he's a right brain guy, creative. Uh, usually when I see, like I start delving into this cause I've dealt with a lot of psychologists with kids usually see things like ADHD, usually see things, uh, 
where maybe they, they would much rather have uh, music or art or some other, even theater, right? You get these kids, but it's not cool to do that where they're from, or they don't feel like it's cool to do that. And then they feel isolated, and then they're back to, like you said, the next thing you know, you're drinking 40s and taking lines of coke. Exactly. Yep, yep. And so, I, I, but you, I mean, you said you don't sound like you're shy about what uh, some of the plight you went through. So what, what, no. how would you get out of that mess? Or what would you, well, I guess the better question is what would you get into first, and then how would you get out of that <laughs> um, I got out of it by getting my ass kicked. That That's the simple way. I mean, I, you know, I found fighting at one point. So it was sort of an accident is how I found it. I had a friend. Uh, his name was Fat Joe, and he was fighting uh, uh, Wes Sims. And we came up here to Columbus one day. He was fighting at the Delaware County Fairgrounds. Went up there. I seen these fights. I was like, dude, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, I, you know, I got to uh, check this out, right? So, um, now, is this boxing fighting or is no, this cage still, fighting? This is this cage ba- fighting. Like this back is before back there's the commissions. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, um, was it all, n- all no rules? Um, sort of our honor system. Like, they would okay. tell you rules. So I'll get to that in a minute. So the, that was my next fight, right? Or, or my next uh, experience was my first fight. So, you know, I thought the smart thing would be like, hey, man, I need energy. So we brought a bunch of Coke, you know, and we thought that was how you get energy, right? Yeah, well, that's I mean, what you I, do, you right? Do get, you get a little perceived <laughs> energy that way. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. You know, there's a there, there's some uh, relevance to that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they were, this is like a commission where they're drug testing you and all that stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> we I didn't know what the word commission meant back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. They, um, that was in Chillicothe, and it was at the Elks Lodge, right? And I, I went there, signed up that day, bought a mouthpiece across the street, went in the restaurant across the street, uh, boiled the mouthpiece in their uh, their microwave, come back, <laughs> did a line of coke, and uh, this. So the way the rules meeting was was everybody would line up or or sit on like bleachers or whatever, and the the promoter would come back and he would say, okay, you guys look about the same size, so you guys are fighting. Now, do you want to do kickboxing or you want to? Do MMA, like what kind of rules do you guys want to do? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, how do you so, answer that question if you've never done it? Well, I tried to be the hard ass, you know. I'm, I'm like, I'll do whatever fuck rules you want, bro. All right, what are you, you talking about, man? Yeah. I'm going to fuck him up. <laughs> well, you had some wrestling at that point, right? Just uh, the high, Just school high school freshman school year. Stuff. Yeah, high school okay. freshman year. You know, I was, uh, it's funny, they used to announce this guy who was called the Raging Redneck, and they would say, he, see, he was like 1 in 15 or 1 in 20 or something, right? And they go, he's 1 in 15 but he's undefeated in the streets <laughs> and I, I was kind of that guy except i wasn't like one in 15 but so in my mind i was like dude i'm undefeated in the streets right like there you a, go a fight yeah i'm not scared so i can just imagine you're sitting there in the bleachers and they did they pair who they pair you up with do you remember the guy's name yeah um the first guy i don't remember his name so i fought twice that night actually the first time i fought this guy, he was a tough man winner. He won, you know, the yeah, old tough, tough man, man contest, right? Yeah, I remember those. He he was a champion of that, whatever that means, right? And um, so <laughs> he's tough, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they did. You guys have gloves? Yeah, we had MMA okay. gloves. Okay. Um. So they put me in with him, and uh, he actually shot for a takedown on me, and you know, I was like real surprised. I went for a guillotine. He tapped out before I even had the guillotine, and I didn't know what a guillotine was. I mean, I was a head, you know, just a. I was thinking just a. Uh, uh, a playground choke, you know, it was like, yeah. squeeze his fucking head. you right. Yeah. And, and he tapped out and he said he had a, a, a cramp in his leg. I mean, this was like <laughs> a minute into the fight. Right. And I was like, dude, like I'm you thought you were <laughs> invincible. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, I was like, I'm a fucking fighter. Yeah. So later on in the night, you know, uh, maybe 30, 45 minutes later, they did what you would see in the movies where, you know, everybody's sitting, you know, smoking cigars, like betting on the fights and stuff. And they're like, who wants to fight the champion? Right. 
and you know i'm out in the crowd like thinking i'm badass probably smoking a cigarette or something and i was like i told my buddy i was like dude i can fuck that guy up like let's go do it you know and he's like all right let's go there you go so i went up and uh his name was dusty keplinger i still remember that um and it was only kickboxing though so they kind of surprised me a little bit like i expected to be in you can't wrestle yeah i can't wrestle yeah. right I, little did i know the guy was actually going pro and his this was like his last kind of showcase and his guy didn't show up, so ah. that's why they kind of announced they're like anybody yeah. strong enough to face a champion. I was like, mm, I'll get this motherfucker. I'm Italian stallion. Are they giving you that? Are they paying? Yeah, yeah. Are they so, paying you? No, I had to pay. I paid thirty you bucks. Had to pay yeah, to I had fight. to pay thirty bucks. Wow. Yeah. So I get up there and he beat the living shit out of me <laughs> um, somehow. But I realized I was tough, like because he didn't knock me out. And he come, you know, mm. I talked to him after, and he's like, he's like, man. I don't, how are you so tough, bro? Like, I couldn't knock you out. He's like, I knock out everybody. I was like, I don't know, whatever. I was like, now, at that not, point, my so head that hurts. Only I don't kickboxing? That one was only Had kickboxing. Had you ever kickboxed before that day? No. Did you even throw a kick? Can you imagine? I mean, Try. what I call it a kick. Yeah. You know, right. I wouldn't call it a kick today, I'm sure. But anyway, so after that, I thought, uh, okay, well, I, got my, I won one, so I must be a tough guy, but maybe I should go to a gym, right? So I went to a gym. And then I actually got lucky, and I met some really good fighters, um, Eli Ayers and Braden Workman. If you're around the Ohio mm -hmm. scene much, you may have heard of them back in the day. They were um, some of the higher-up guys back then. Well, they beat the real shit out of me in the gym. That's when I really realized, okay, there's like an art to this, too. Mm -hmm. This isn't just a, a tough man contest. So I stopped um, you know, doing drugs and stuff right then. Um, decided well, I wanted you just, to, just that day. I mean, do you remember like a, a sense, moment where you just thought I'm done with this shit or what? Uh, how's yeah, that come out? So, uh, first maybe two, three fights, it was like, okay, well I'll stop for, you know, two, three weeks before the fight, right. you know, and that was kind of my, my, my go-to, right. I was like, oh, take two week camp. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then finally I, I got beat up inside the cage after that. I won my first, um, I think three amateur fights and then finally I lost. And I was like, man, you know, I really do want to do this. I started, you know, it kind of developed the passion for it. Yep. And then I went to a different school also because it was just those two guys training. And then I got introduced to uh, another guy. Took me to a real jujitsu gym, and I started learning, you know, the the real arts of it. So not just the fighting, but the philosophies and the mental, yeah. the mental uh, focus. Yeah, and, and, and then uh, and that was when I met George Gazelle, and he was in the UFC at the time, or or I think that was actually before he was in the UFC. He was projected, you know, we knew he was going to be getting in the UFC. The ultimate fighter started coming. We knew he was going to get on there. So I, I seen kind of, you know, my first glimpse of, um, you know, the, the end. Wait, know, wait, years, what, what era was this? Oh, two was when all right. I know. Oh, one or Oh two was my first fight. And then I don't remember all the dates after that, but probably Oh three, Oh four. Now your first fight, yeah. in the, your first fight, amateur fight was oh one oh two or oh two maybe oh three oh four. Well, well, the first no, the first fight, yeah, without commission, everything probably like oh one oh two. Gotcha. But the first one, like I, so I don't actually count that as my first one. I, 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 I you <clears throat> know, I still like have the trophy and everything for it, but the I count the first one. It was a uh, um, at the Promo West Pavilion. Yeah, was now the LC, and um, that was the first one I trained for and was like legit had some skills and was ready to go in and fight trained with the you know had an actual uh trainer and everything and that's what i consider my first fight because the ones before we just show up get coked up and fight right yeah. didn't you know wasn't really fighting you know um it was more of a tough man contest but now i had a skill like i i stopped um 
you know, at least for a couple of weeks, drinking and everything. Um, and I wanted to go in and test myself. And it, come to find out, I got way more scared. Yeah. Like, I mean, way, way more scared. Like, uh, when, I, yeah. when, when I'd be coked up or whatever, there wasn't really no fear. It's like, it's like <laughs> it was just, just a tough to yeah. contest. Yeah. Component to this. Where's that yeah, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't there. And then, but now, that, that was what really, um, there was sort of a moment um, afterwards. Um, the first time that I fought, uh, it's completely sober. And I went in there and I won the fight and my dad was there. And, you know, he was more proud of me than, you know, he'd been in 10, 15 years. And that's when I, I stopped and, and I said, this is what I'm going to do, live or die. Mm-hmm. You know, gotcha. I'm either going to die doing this or, or I'm going to get to the UFC and I'm going to be a world champion. And, and as part of that decision, was it like, I'm done with the dope, I'm done with the drinking, I'm done with this, this in, other In behavior? some respects, you know, <clears throat> you know I, uh, I was like, I'm not going to do anything hard anymore. Yeah. And over the years, like, I've learned how to control it. Like I could still have a drink now and you know, I'm not, I don't consider myself to have the disease to the extent where I can't like go have a drink and not control it. Yeah. You know, but, um, part of that strong minded too. Cause like I, there was a day, um, where I finally just said I'm done period. Yeah. You know, and that took, um, it was actually not till I turned pro. And I remember that, uh, it was in Lancaster and I won the fight but afterwards, you know, it was a very, very difficult fight and I got beat up pretty good. And I was like, okay, that's it. Like I'm giving this, I'd already said before I'm giving it all I got, but now it's like, I'm really setting out for this. You yeah. Know, and I got paid, I got a paycheck from it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was and like, if you're going to lose, at least you know why, right? Yeah. Or, yeah you don't want to have some other excuse like or whatever it is you were doing, but yeah. So, you know, I, it, for me, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a little bit of a progression, but it was the same like I used to chew tobacco too, right? And one day, like Steve. Yeah, yeah, one, to, one I day I, yeah. I walked into the gas station and I walked out without it and never did it again. Yeah, it's like, like I'm uh, just that kind of guy. I would say, I've said this about, uh, I don't drink anymore, I don't chew tobacco, I don't use any tobacco or any of that stuff anymore. And I always said, you know, both giving up both things was the easiest thing I ever did. It only took like, you know, 20 years. Yeah. You know? it was yeah. Like, but the day <laughs> That's I was a great done, way to put it. I was done, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was like, I thought about it for a long time, but then what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. I don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I never looked back. People are like, well, don't you have I think, nah, I got no interest. Yeah, I don't even have an interest in it either. But I, but I do understand that. that it, it, people say, does it take you a lot of, does it, did it take a lot of discipline or do you want, or how do you deal with it with, you know, how do you keep yourself from doing it? And I was like, I don't even, I don't even think about it. I, I just, uh, you know, it's like, I don't want it anymore. You got to get to it. I always say you to want. everybody. No, it's like you you got to get yourself to the spot where you just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I mean, whatever it takes internally to get to that, then it's done. Right? That's how I look at that stuff. Yeah, that's how I've been um, for a long time. Like, I want, I just make a choice and that's it. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, that carries over into what I do for a living. And I preach this to my athletes all the time, man. I'm like, I'm like, what you have to do, th- like, a lot of people talk about my cardio, right? Like, you know, you're a fight fan. I'm sure yeah. everybody's like, dude, you got such good cardio. What do you do? I do the same thing you do, except I make a choice. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's the only difference. Like I go run the Hoover Dam stairs, right? And when I'm on that tenth sprint up those stairs, before I start the stairs, I make a choice that I'm getting to the top. A lot of guys just don't make that choice, mm-hmm. gotcha. and it's you know the same. You know when you're chewing tobacco, like you just make a choice, and you know, and, and I think making, um, you know, like Jocko Willing says it best, like discipline equals freedom, right? So we you know, have that discipline, make the choice and follow through with it. Yeah. You know, Jocko, and, Steve, 
I've shown him. He's the guy that has the watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets yeah, up yeah, at four thirty yeah. in the morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that discipline equals freedom. When I read, it changed my life. Yeah, just a, just that concept just that, in my yeah. mind. Yeah, but so, that's what I mean. I I preach that to guys all the time. Like, you know, everything in a fight. Of, of course, life uh, I guess is the same. But everything in a fight is just choice after choice after choice. Like you make a choice if you're gonna do this and if you're gonna do that. So if you just make the choice beforehand, it's a lot easier. Sure. Yeah. Right. And when I run up those stairs, it's it's a it's a choice before I take the first step. I'm getting to the top. And and if I have to die getting to the top, that's fine. I made the choice already. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that a lot. And I've always, I've always said this, it's always easy to do the wrong thing, right? The wrong thing is always the <laughs> yeah. easiest thing you can choose right in front of you. That's always the easy choice. Yeah. You know, hard choices equal easy life. Easy choices equal hard life. Yeah. No, that's, mm. that's, a, that's yeah. a great way mm. to say it. So back to like in 2000, when did, when was your first, uh, that was in Lancaster. So you're still in Ohio. When did mm. it really take off from there? I mean, at some point you started winning enough. The where, ultimate fighter. Yeah. Yeah. That was the turning point. So I actually, was going to stop fighting because like I was going around just fighting anybody I could anywhere, anytime. And then, um, I got an opportunity up in New York city. My girlfriend at the time lived up there or well, she was going back and forth. She had family up there. So we, I moved up there with her and I got this great job as a personal trainer. I was making, you know, 50, 60 bucks an hour. I was training actresses and models all day, upper West side of Manhattan. If anybody knows about Manhattan, I mean, it's <laughs> upper West side is ultra it's high. Really, end. It's real it's poor. Right yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, we were we were right across from where the Seinfeld's restaurant was based on. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah, the I think monk. Seinfeld lived monks. like right above yeah. it. Actually, yeah. Um, was that the name of it? The was monk. It? The monk. The monk yeah. or monks? Or monk. I don't know. It's, it's I it was monk. monks. I feel like, I feel like that, monks. Yeah, it doesn't ring a bell, but I I thought way. maybe it had a different name in reality. Reality. Like the show. Yeah. The show. Oh, right. It's monk. the same restaurant, but yeah. Okay. Maybe. Sort of like yeah, I don't. I don't remember the name, but we ate there all the time. But yeah, you know, we, I was just killing it, man. I was making so much money. I was like, dude, how am I going to ever go fight again? And I was trying, and New York City is a hard place to train too, because you're on a train <laughs> all the time. <laughs> right. You know, so it was, I was training a little bit. I got some really good training up there with like Henzo Gracie and Marcelo Garcia and some of those high level guys, but it wasn't, I wasn't able to continue pursuing that path. Like I had pursued it for four or five years and like literally gave every single ounce of my energy to it. Um, you know, living poor as hell, just, you know, not knowing where my next meal is going to be, but still going to the gym. Sometimes I would, I worked this job. Uh, the reason I was fighting in Lancaster, I was working this job, uh, digging ditches like, um, you know, for underground cable, you know, yeah. the, like a time Warner cable. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I, so I would dig the holes. Right. And I would do it for eight to 10 hours a day. Then I go train for two, three hours and then sleep for four. Like oh. that was, that was literally my daily grind for like probably six seven months and then every now and then get to fight and i was like dude i don't know how long i can do this you know like this is a sustainable lifestyle you know like sometime i you know <coughs> I, I was finally like over the drugs and the drinking and stuff and i was like man what am i gonna do with myself so i ended up getting a personal trainer job and then they had the tryouts in newark the ultimate my fire. life changed from yeah. right so tell me about that the tryouts I, so you at some point you came back to ohio then and you heard about it. how'd you hear about all this i don't know this stuff i don't even know what yeah, these tryouts so are so, I mean, just, and, and you can probably say better than anything, but I started watching MMA big time when the ultimate fighter started. So season one, Dana White sets up this essentially reality show oh, where they're going right. to select fighters. And then ultimately the person that wins it is going to get this six figure contract, which I mean, no offense, you're still, 
you know, employed by the UFC, but a six-figure contract to the type of UFC the money makes probably isn't a great start. But well, back then it was, um, it, it was a lot it, different. It was huge for MMA, for sure. yeah, yeah. and for UFC, yeah. And then but, that was really uh, the deeper story. That really is what saved the UFC too. So the um, and that show is still going on. I mean, yep. they they've still run really? it. I since forgot then. about that TV show. Yeah, yeah, not not yeah. many people watch it anymore. <laughs> but I'm but one it's one still of the sad bring, fans. It's still bringing a lot of talent. Right, yeah. there's still a lot of guys coming from it, but. You know, the UFC was essentially about to die. I mean, you know, they were like $50 million in debt. Yeah. Um, they were you know, kind of like, man, I don't know what else we're going to do. So they tried this Ultimate Fighter reality series as sort of a last-ditch effort. You know, Dana yeah. pitched it. They got it on Spike TV. My um, college I, roommate was Sam the Alaskan Assassin Hoger. Nice. Can you believe yes, that? Hell yeah. He was in my he's senior from, uh, year. Alaska, right? came into our house. Yeah, he's from Anchorage. And he was on that show, which if you remember the show, the first season... Mm-hmm. He was the guy that stole all the crap from everybody, like everybody's bags that they gave uh, you. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. that was one of the big episodes. Because one of the things I think they've made it more fighting now. They've made it more the the yeah. talent. If you remember the early seasons, even this what your season seven, seven, yeah. So season seven, you're on. It it was more of like the reality portion was a lot of it. Like you guys drinking Absolutely. in the house, you guys getting in fights in the house. It was it was it was kind of you know like a train wreck at times like mm-hmm. that. Now I think they've I mean they still have it, but it's more you got real talent coming in there. And not that you guys, I mean, when you look at those series, every all the legends came from there. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody started there. Um, so yeah. it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. who was on your season? I mean, I know you had, uh, that C. was the Dalloway, Amir okay. Sadala, uh, Matt Riddle, who's about to be in the WWE. Yeah. Um, but the, I, obviously the presumption, or you, you've, you've let the cow that you made it, right? So you tried out, or yeah, there was yeah. this audition or whatever right. it was, and then you, uh, so there you're on, so you're on the TV show. I guess I never knew that. Look, I learned yeah. something new every day. Yeah. Yeah. So what I was going to say was the, the Ultimate Fighter saved the UFC, because like I said they were in all this debt. Nobody even watched the first season, except for people like you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you knew someone, or it was <laughs> a hardcore. Beard, yeah. Like we had a few people, like, I, you know, we t- even me, like I was uh, into the UFC, but, uh, you know, I watched a couple episodes. I was like, I don't care about the fucking reality stuff, right? <laughs> But the the Ultimate Fighter finale, yeah, Stefan Bonner versus Forrest Griffin, the fight. Yeah, they said I, f- I forget the numbers, but the ratings between like the first round and the third round like tripled. Everybody's and calling their friends, like, dude, yeah. you gotta see yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah. that fight? Yeah. Yeah. Go watch it. If so you th- that fight literally saved the UFC. Yeah, like without that fight, there'd be yeah. no UFC today. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, that single fight. It was chaos. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great fight. You have to go back. I'll, I'll show it to you, you sometimes. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, it's definitely on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's the most, what, probably one of the top five most famous fights in UFC, UFC history. Just just a brawl. Literally, the, just the, a brawl. Like, <laughs> like, like he said, the, the numbers increased each round because mm-hmm. people were literally picking up their phones and be like, turn it to channel so and so. This is, these guys are going at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Save the UFC right there, right there. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then you had one there. of the coaches, Forrest, yep. Was that your coach? Mm-hmm. So he was, it it was Forrest and Bonner, right? In that fight, yeah, yeah. And then, so he, and then, so one of the, in that, out of that fight came one of his coaches in his season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, how'd you? I, I guess I'm I'm trying to put this together. You started your first fight. You just showed up, and it was a brawl down wherever it was, and Chillicothe. Uh, Chillicothe. And then you described a couple others. At what point do you really hone in on the art form of it? And what what did you pick first? I mean, right? Do you pick boxing? I, I don't know. I, I guess if I'm gonna if. How did you? How does one pick up on all these skills? Other than just, did you get interested and just want to learn, or how's it go? I still am. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's hard to say. You know, like I, you know, I was th- that guy. So my first, uh, well, the way I've always trained, the way that I, I again preach to people today how to train is, I said, look around the room, 
you know, in your wrestling room, your jiu-jitsu room, your Muay Thai room, make sure you're the hardest working guy every time you look around. Yeah. Take a, just take a look every five, 10 minutes, make sure you're the hardest working motherfucker in there. And that's the way, that's the way I came up. That's how I did it. That was my yeah. way. And then I would go try to, I kind of turned into an asshole for a while. Like, cause I would, um, I would go to different gyms and I would try to find the best guy and just try to beat his ass. Like I would go anywhere <laughs> I could. And I mean, I would be an asshole. Like, I'd, I'd go in, like we'd be, you know, jogging to warm up or something. I'd go push him. You know, I would stare him down. I'd, you know, try to pick fights in the best gym just so wow. to get people coming at me, you know, and that's kind of how I honed my craft. I used to, like, I used to say I'm a fighter. I'm not a martial artist. I've changed a lot since then. Now I'm, you know, um, I, I you still can't quite say it. Like, you're just well, like, no. well, it's like this. I, uh, no, I'm absolutely a martial artist, but I right. differentiate between the martial skills and the martial arts. Gotcha. And this is where, you know, I, 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 I think it's a very important differentiation. We have guys that have never fought before that teach a martial arts. And I, I try to tell them, you're not teaching a martial art. You're teaching a skill. You're a technician. You're a mechanic. You're not a race car driver. Mm-hmm. You can build the car all you want, but if you're not driving it, you're not doing an art. And like, I think, uh, was it, you play music, right? Yeah. Yeah. You sit there and you, uh, what do you play? Classical guitar. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You practice your scales all day, right? Yes. That's your skill. Until yeah. you perform it, a musical piece, it's not an art. Yeah. You have to, mm-hmm. uh, you have to, do, here's what we talk about. We talk about, do you have the technique? That's a classical guitar. Mm-hmm. So I tell you, it's first you got to get the yeah. technique and, you know, there's pieces you can pick up, you can play the notes, and it might even sound okay, but you, you haven't played it, right? Because you, you don't have yeah. the technique. And once you get the technique, you have to turn it into an art. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And learn. that's what, so that's what I tell the fighters. Like, look, you know, if, if you're a coach that's never fought, then you're, you're not teaching martial arts. You're teaching the skill. Yeah. You know, the expression of it is the art. Yeah. So they're teaching the technique like I would have. Mm-hmm. And then... You can get, it's, I've sort of found in the music, what I learned from, and I'm lucky to have a really, really good teacher to teach me both music theory as well as the classical guitar technique, mm-hmm. and then combine that into the musical art. But you, it's like, yeah, I can see when he's really trying to tell me where I need to be psychologically or mentally or philosophically, and he can lead you there, and sometimes the light bulb doesn't come on until like a week later. You're like, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. I know what he was saying now. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I can do this. And it really is. A, that's where you have your huge leaps in, yeah. in, in your skill set. Or and I think it's also where you have two people play the same song and it sounds completely different, right? Yes. Because yeah. it's, it's playing a song isn't a skill. It's an art. And there's skills art. involved, but you know, to uh, express that song is an art. And yeah. that's a, an expression of yourself. Hmm. And it's the same in, in fighting, right? Like, we, you know, we all do the same techniques. There's only a limited amount of them and we all know them. Like, I've been doing this for 20 years, you know, like I know what the hell I'm doing, yeah. but the way I do it, it's going to be completely different than the way you do it because I'm going to express it differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not unlike our trial skills and what, like Jeremy, no. you saw us doing yeah. trial. It's very similar. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, there are rules that I have taken and now I've made them my own. Right. Yeah. And now I've yeah. So there's right. a, there's yeah. principles to everything. Right. And then, you know, how you express those, you know, becomes you said that without saying it basically. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? How you, how you use the evidence rules, everybody's yeah. going to use them differently. And how can you make it yours? But yeah, yeah. you got to make it yours. I mean, it just gives you I, just, I think it's an important differentiation because there's a lot of people that claim different things. And I said, look, if you've never expressed the art, then you're not a fucking artist. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you're I mean, not teaching me an art. Like, be right. what you are. Right. You know, I might be able to extrapolate something from your skills that you're teaching, but don't call yourself a martial artist. Mm. Yeah, and it's like really- the, I always quit because I watch golf too. It's like it's a guy that sat on the range the whole time. You can hit balls great on the range, but until you stand there on the first tee with everybody watching, yeah, yeah, exactly. you're it's not, a different world. You're, it's different. 
And yeah, that's where I firmly believe to do it. And we talked about this already. Like there's a certain right brain component to mm-hmm. the upper echelons of success, I think almost in anything, right? You've mm-hmm. just got to have a little bit of a different way of looking at things or doing things or uh, demonstrating it. Otherwise, you're going to be just like everybody else. And you, you can be good, but you can't be excellent that Absolutely. way. You know, Absolutely. I couldn't the, agree more. And you can, you can play by the rules, but until you make them your own and develop them and then make your own rules, mm-hmm. then it's, and that's, but you're still using, like you said, you're still using the same technique that everybody else is using. Same principles so, too. And I think, yeah. and that's what the fascinating thing about the UFC th- today, right, is we're seeing the next evolution where people are expressing it in just fucking plethora of different ways, man. You're yeah, seeing these yeah. guys, uh, Zabit and, you're, you're, oh, you're yeah, doing, yeah. you know, these guys yeah. are doing flips and spins and these kicks coming from everywhere and. You know, uh, that last knockout uh, Yair did where he, you know, he knocks a guy out from a up elbow yeah, back. Up elbow. Like, I've never even seen that before. I thought when I he, watched that fight, I thought it was a mistake. Like, I thought he ducked thought in same, yeah. and it got hit. And then I saw the replay. I was like, oh, he intended yeah. to do that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yair says that he practiced it before, but. Well, I, I mean, practice, that's, a, that's what I'm claiming, too. I'm like, yeah, I'm playing that. <laughs> right. I'm playing that shit. But, I mean, that's as artistic of a move as it gets. Oh, you yeah. Know? I mean, and, he's, he's talented. Yeah. Yeah. He's talented as an artist, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, as a. As a technician, you know, you could probably go in the gym and he probably couldn't tell you a lot of things he does. Right. He probably couldn't teach mm-hmm. it. He probably couldn't regurgitate it, you know? Yeah. But when he gets out there, and I mean, there's tons of guys like that in the gym that, you know, they suck in the gym. We'll beat their ass. So a good example, I fought Mike Pyle. Yeah. Right. He beat my ass in the gym. I mean, really? he murdered me in the gym. Um, everybody, he's known for that, right? He's like, he's well known. Like you go to Randy Couture's gym back in the day, Mike Pyle's beating your ass. If somebody told me Mike Pyle was on UFC one fighting, he wasn't, but I'd be like, okay. I mean, that guy, I seem like he's just been a staple. He always gets a fight. This <laughs> he doesn't age. He just keeps yeah. fighting. Well, he retired you know now, I mean? but <laughs> oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. But, um, you know, so anyway, so he, he beat my ass in the gym. Also. He taught me a lot of things, lots of skills. And, and then, uh, we fought and I beat him in like under two minutes. Yeah. Right. And, and that was, that was the fight where I made that differentiation beforehand. And I, th- I thought, man, like this guy beat my ass in the gym. How am I going to go in there and beat this guy? And that, well, I'm going to be the artist. Yeah. Like beating yeah. him, it has to be an art. If yeah. I go in there skill for skill, then he's going to just destroy me. Yeah. And yeah. he still would to, to, to this day. I mean, he's a, he's a master uh, of the skills and an amazing teacher, but he's not an artist. There's always that moment, I think, I, maybe, I think almost everybody's had it at some point or another where you're doing, whatever you do regularly, whatever you're practicing, whether it's jogging, whether it's lifting, what, any active, for me it was music, there, there's a time when you, when the light bulb comes on and you can cross that threshold and start doing it your way and that's when you, you're getting closer to that mastery mm-hmm. of, of what you're trying to do and, and it happened to me with trial work where all of a sudden you leave behind what your mentor showed you and that's still in you but now you're doing it your way, you know, now it's you mm-hmm. and now you've got your technique that you try to impart upon others, but they got to take that and make it their own, right? That's and that, sort of, that goes back to the discipline equals freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So when you're in there, you're making all these decisions. Do you find that, are you like in a Zen zone in a sense? Are you at your peak sometimes? Or are you still, is it just a rapid fire of decision making of what moves you're going to use? So I, I'm, um, I'm, I make an effort to be in the no mind, is what we call it. Right? Okay. Yeah. And that would be the zone, you know, be in the react. tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. React. And it should just naturally react. There's been times where I wasn't able to get there or, you know, um, and, you know, and I can look out uh, back at any loss and it's probably from the mind. It was, it overthinking. Was, that, that's what's so fascinating to me. Yeah. 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 I it mean, be, it's, it, with, with anything, you just said, I described something that I found in, 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 in trying cases and also in music. I've never felt that. 
I never felt. I never felt you what he have. just he just described. The okay? book, maybe uh, that's why it's fun to talk to somebody course. like him. The the book. I, I don't know the. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Uh, Mahaley, Mahaley, Some he wrote the book Flow. Flow. Maybe I've heard of it. I've never read it. Great yeah. book to read. Um, that's what he talks about, and to kind of the purpose of the book that that I took from it is like that's like the meaning of life. Right? Yeah, is not the light at the end of the tunnel. It's being in the tunnel. Right. Hmm. That's like the Anderson Silver way, like like water. Right. Well, that was Bruce Lee. It oh. actually is Musashi oh, in okay. 1640s. Yeah, I'll go. shut up now. <laughs> well, no, there's a book in music I read as I was getting ready to perform. I, I'm not a great classical guitarist by any measure, but uh, it's this stuff fascinates me. And as I was getting ready to perform, the book was called uh, Effortless Mastery. It's a jazz pianist wrote. I can't remember his name now. but I like that. He talks about this. He talks about getting to mastery and what it takes and what you have to do. And he really goes back to this one piano teacher that sort of helped him turn the corner from being a mechanical, or he probably wasn't, truth be told. He's probably always awesome. But mm. uh, she said, yeah, he, just play this note, one note on a piano, just one note. And, and like anything else, there's a technique to making that one, making your finger move in the right way to strike that key in the right way to make it vibrate the string in the right way to, to make that note. And you can do that. And you can get to the point where you can play that one note without any effort and you're a master of it. And then do the next one, and then and then 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 you're not thinking about the first one, right? You can just do that. That and there's these there's these these stages of of mastery, and at the end, it's like it's not thought, right? It, it's conscious, it's unconscious, it just is happening. That's not, when it's an art. That's when it becomes the art. And everybody like there's uh, somebody told me recently the the sort of levels of it. And at first, you know, you have ignorance, and then you have uh, conscious ignorance, and then you you get to the point where you are starting to turn a corner, and then you just have you have unconscious mastery of it where mm. you just do it where it's in you. Like for, we all do it every day, right? We're talking right now. We don't think about every word we say. We don't think about what we're talking. Most of the time we don't think about any inflection we're using in our voices or anything else. It just mm. sort of happens. We have mastery of that because we've made it ours. And you're talking about doing that in martial arts. It happens mm. in probably, uh, uh, in anything, in anything, right? Yeah. In anything yeah. we do. Yeah. And it's, uh, I guess, again, I guess, I, again, that's, you know, the book flow that gets sort of the, the concept of it is that, you know, that's what the meaning of life is, is to get into that zone, right? Yeah. Whatever you're doing, yeah. you know, if you could be, if you can find that in, you know, he used an example in the book of like a warehouse worker that, you know, got into the flow every day and, you know, time slowed down for him yeah, or, or stopped altogether. Enjoy everything he, enjoys he did it. for yeah. whatever reason that made him yeah. happy. It doesn't exactly. Really yeah. And, and it could be, you know, like, like gardening or, you know, or, yeah. Yeah. You know, playing guitar, you know what I mean? Whatever gets you there, man. Right. Everybody's a little different for that. But, but that's I mean, cool stuff. I didn't know we were going off on that tangent. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> so how long now have you been what you would call professionally involved in a, as a professional fighter now? How long has it been? God, I don't know, man. You know, like I stopped, to be honest, I stopped counting like my record and, and years and everything a long time ago. But I, I would say around 15 to 20. Wow. A lot of time to be locking yourself in a cage and throwing down, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those things, man, where, again, like I made a choice a long time ago. I was like, this is what I'm doing. And fortunately, I made the right choice because, you know, I do have some talents for it, and I just love it so much. Yeah. Make, making it on the show yeah. definitely helped your career, definitely oh, made yeah. it what it was. It wouldn't be a career d without it. What, what do you think helped you get on the show? Because there had to be a number of people you, that didn't get picked. You had, yeah. to, you had to have uh, something. <laughs> One line. So there was, uh, um, I think, two, 300 people that went to the tryouts with me, right? And 
Uh, I talked to them later about how you get on the show, and they're like, well, we, during the tryouts, you do like a little bit of grappling, a little bit of striking, and like just to make sure you're not just some dummy off the streets, right? <laughs> So right. you go through those you're two, not me. yeah. You, you go through those two phases of the process. I got through those, and then they do the interview, and the interview is where it really matters, right? Yeah. So the first interview, they're like, okay, you're good enough, okay, like you, you know, you you spoke to us, you're coherent, and all that. And then they'll take, I think it was around a hundred people, and they send us all out to Las Vegas, and then they they'll do steroid tests, and they'll do um, piss tests for drugs, and they put you up in a hotel for a few days and you're not allowed to leave the hotel. So they kind of put you in a situation where kind of testing you a little bit, right? Like seeing like, okay, mm. how bad does he want it? And yeah. Right. Is he going to do something stupid? You know, and they'll, they'll people you know, get drunk and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes like people leave the hotel and get drunk. Like, All right. You're off the show. Sure. Yeah. You know, so the, the kind of wild, you know, loose cannon that's yeah. you know, not going to stay in the house or something that I won't be able to film them. So this, this whole vetting process. And I got to the second interview, I'd done everything. And in the second interview, they kind of try to push you now, right? So he started pushing me. Um, his name is um, um, uh, Pilgen, Craig Pilgen. He he did um, Survivor. He did. Oh, uh, that guy that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's done uh, multiple reality shows. If you if you any it credits end of you any reality him. show, you'll see the name. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he starts pushing my buttons. And he's like, "Hey, you look like one of those guys that you know you're gonna leave for your girlfriend. Like you're gonna be crying about your girlfriend." <laughs> and I told him, I said, I said, man. If you let me on the show, you can fuck my girlfriend. Yeah. I, said, I said, I said, I'll bring her and you can have sex with her. And and he's like, okay. He's like, you're on the show. And that's the kind. Of, that's like, the kind of stopped the interview it. right there. Yeah, full like, commitment. He's like, they you're realized on the show. they real. They, now they've got the fight base. They've got people that like to watch fights. Back then, they were struggling, and they realized they had to have that component of reality that was. These are some you personalities. Have have these, you have it's like it's like real world. Yeah. These are personalities that yeah. you know are going to clash. But come to opinions. come to find, like the, you know, there's some of the craziest personalities on the show are fucking great fighters too. Oh, for, oh, for sure. You know? I'm not criticizing anybody. No, I no, but I mean, I mean, a lot too. of people don't don't expect that. They think that you know we either are sort of the stoic you know martial artist or you know I don't know like the boring ass wrestler type person you think of yeah. or something. But yeah. come find out, a lot of these guys you know have real personalities and are cool people. Yeah, and they really expose that. Some of the other uh, martial arts have tried to do that and haven't had much success. But yeah, you know, I thought it was cool, man. I think you know uh, a lot of people see fighters a lot differently because of that show. Yeah. Now, do you, um, if you look back on all your fights because you fought a lot of big names, what's, I mean, I guess what's the what's your favorite fight looking back over the years? Now, unfortunately, I lost a split decision to Robbie Lawler, but that was Robbie. my favorite fight. That was I for the title, I, right? Yeah. Um, it would have been. Uh, for the title fight. Yeah. We uh, watched that fight. Yeah. yeah. And, Steve. That, and that would have been, um, I, I was up at the, I was, I couldn't watch it, but you were, we were texting back and forth. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that was one of those cool ones because I love the, the handshake and the hug at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like, we're both warriors. It's over. We yeah. gave it our all, you know? Yeah. And it was unfortunate, you know, I had some injuries going in and had, um, you know, it was a great fight and I, I thought that I won the fight, but it came up just a little bit short and that was kind of, um, that was my biggest fight. I mean, that was the main event on Fox. Yeah. The Great War. So, yeah. Now, what's you know, your, are you, you're injured now. You were talking to us a little bit. You, mm -hmm. What, uh, what's going on now? I had an ACL reconstruction, ankle reconstruction. How'd that injury, year. how'd that, all that happen? So the ankle happened, um, like four years ago and I've been dealing with it ever since. I, I tried not to get surgery. Um, I wasn't able to, for the past four years, I haven't been able to run, haven't been able to push off of it. You know, multiple problems, just been kind of fighting flat-footed, and I was like, man, like, I need to, 
you know, no, the people don't, I, I, I hate to cut you off. It's like when, when people are watching you fight on TV, when I've seen you on TV, it's like you're not thinking, well, maybe his ankle's a little bit there. Maybe that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess that's a, you that's can't, a, you can't go into that situation without having some ailments from camp. I mean, uh, that's not necessarily you true. Ever? You know, that's sort of the old school uh, mentality that I came up with and, yeah. you know, came up in, the, in kind of that mentality. And I think it was a big mistake looking back. Yeah. I mean, there was like the Lawler fight. I'm 100% confident I would have won had I not went in with a, I had a torn ligament in my right hand. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I don't care. I'm going to punch him with it anyway. And if you see the well, fight, like I hit him with it at one time, and I was like, ah, I shook it out. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't show him that it's hurt. Yeah. Or I did. Okay. Well, the, you payday, know, the payday's <laughs> there. It's yeah. like, the payday's there. It's on Fox. You don't want to back yeah, out of that. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that. And, well, what is and, and you might not, you don't necessarily get two opportunities either. Right. You know, like, I was going to ask you, what, like you go in and say, look, I can't fight. I got this torn leg in my hand. How does that shake out legally for you at that point? I mean, they, they replace you or you see it all the time. So yeah. it's there's, there's, there's out, a lot so of different. So-and-so's in. Yeah, a lot of different situations. So, um. It depends on your contract, like, yeah. and it depends on your tenure with the UFC. Like, I've stepped up for them multiple times. Um, I have a very good relationship with. Uh, you mean step up like the opposite scenario? Somebody else backs out, so I'll go in. Exactly. Right? Yeah. With with less time than what would normally. Yeah, be. Yeah, one week, two weeks. I think uh, a week was my shortest notice. I'm just like holy. Um, yeah. Well, you know, fought I, twice in one night. Yeah. After doing lines of coke, you know, yeah. <laughs> one week notice is probably like yeah, it doesn't bother you so this. much. Yeah. yeah, the weight cut is what makes it hard. But you know, I got a good relationship with Sean Shelby, the matchmaker, Dana White. Uh, you know, um, you know they have respect for me. I have respect for them. So you know, if I if I need to fight, they'll just hook me up. Well, and I think it's a credit to you that you, I have watched these fights, and until now, I never knew that you had like a torn ligament or you had an ankle problem. Yeah. Where you had, I mean, it's like to, you, I guess. That's what it is. You, you still got to show up and you got to yeah. play through. But then maybe mm-hmm. as you look back now, I'm sort of hearing you say, all right, I wasn't as invincible as I thought. That really did hold me back here exactly. and there. And you probably can almost pinpoint to sort of stop moments in time where it did. Absolutely. 110%. And that's where, you know, I always had this kind of mind where I was like, uh, a good instance, like I, when I fought Johnny Hendricks, like I, I didn't get to spar a single time because I got cut and I had... um uh, I got hurt and, and Camden had a, a bad elbow. So I wasn't able to hardly hit pads and I was cut. So I wasn't able to spar. But I, to me, instead of thinking, you know, uh, maybe I'll lose this fight. I thought, okay, well, I overcome this. This is even bigger and better. Yeah. Right. right? Then I can look mm-hmm. back and say, hell yeah. Like I overcame this. I overcame yeah. that. You know, to me, it just put the mountain up a little higher. And I'm like, well, I'll just climb a little fucking higher. Yeah. There you go. Well, yeah. that, well that's what but makes that's you, what, that's what, that's what got you there in the first place. Exactly. Right. right and, so and, but that's what coaches are for. And unfortunately, you know, that, so that was when I had the run in with the Brazilian stuff too, maybe you remember. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's a whole that, show yeah, so I had yeah. like all the other stuff going on. So my whole coaching staff got, uh, you know, kind of a mess and the whole camp ended up a mess, but. And I think the general public would see that I didn't see it as boring, but the general public would, cause Johnny took you down a lot in that fight and kind of laid on you a little bit. Yeah, it was boring. Yeah. It was boring for and me. That was, and that might even be the best. Cause I was, remember Johnny had all kinds of trouble with weight cut. Well, that was the last fight before USADA. Oh. That was the last fight card before he saw it. So I'm hoping maybe I get a rematch. Uh, he does the bare knuckle now. Yeah. I, I've been approached by them to do that. So I'm thinking about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Good Will they fun. let you out of the UFC contract to go do that? I'm not 100% sure. I'll, I'm looking into it. I'm not sure. But Johnny just got knocked out in that. So I saw that. He, I don't even know if he's going to keep that. going. Yeah. But I'd love to knock him out in that and pay him back for it. <laughs> he gave me a concussion in that fight. Really? Yeah. Like the first takedown. Slamming you down? Yeah. Slammed. And then. Um, you know, that was my first experience with concussion. I got up in, in between rounds. I didn't notice it while I was on the ground, but as soon as I got up in between rounds, the whole room was spinning. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, 
I need to go this way. And just like did took everything I had to just focus yeah. on walking straight. I was like, right. I can't let the ref see this, you know. Oh, that's that's just that's crazy. So you're you're you recover your plan then is I mean you're here in Columbus, Ohio, obviously, mm-hmm. but your plan is you recover and then back at it. You know, you, you got Yeah, your well, I want to, you know, I'm building this gym and uh business there and trying to build a long term sustainable thing outside of the fighting. Yep. Because that's obviously you know, only can't only, fight forever. Not forever, you know. Um unfortunately. Um and there's also, man, you know, I've found a lot of uh, fulfillment in giving back. I mean, it, you know, right away, as soon as I started teaching in the gym, I mean, you know, this uh, I, a very good feeling. You know, yeah. it just feels yeah. really good to give back. And Well, I felt I, this. It, I'll, I'll just share this. I first met you over at the Blitz, right? We, mm-hmm. I, was, I do that legal advice on 997 with uh, Randy and Loper. Yep. And um, you're friends with Loper. Uh, they're great people, right? I mean, they're awesome people, but you were in there for one day and I walked in there probably wearing a suit or whatever it was and sort of shook hands with you. And we, we got, that happened two or three times. I would talk to you on the way out. And, uh, then I started talking to you about, uh, maybe getting some help with, uh, my own fitness or my own kids fitness. And I could tell Mm -hmm. immediately, like, I, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but I saw you light up when I started talking about kids. Like I was like, I'd like to get my kid or my son boxing or doing this. And you immediately just had answers. You're like, well, you, you know, I, I, I remember what the, what we talked about exactly, yeah. but your interest peaked almost, it was obvious and immediate. And, uh, what's cool about that is you're doing it now, right? You have this, you have a gym now where you're helping people, uh, train. And I've always had this dream of, of helping, like we already said, like the 18 to 20 or 16 to 22 year old kids who are in trouble or in, right. in the wrong direction. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like, I said, like you know, I'm working with a company right now to, uh, do that. Yeah. And, yeah. That, you know, and, and you've awesome. walked on the path when you've walked on somebody's yeah. path, it's easier to talk to them than somebody just telling them what they should do. And, and it's, it, it's difficult to get that through, but whenever you can look them eye to eye and be like, all right, nobody else is around. Yeah. It's me and you. Yeah. This is what pushed me out of it. And it can do the same for you. Yeah. And they, they see a light. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like if they're just around a, a bunch of counselors, I mean, it, it they, they don't it, see that. Right. They're some yeah. counts are telling them, you know, get your shit together. Yeah. Right? It's sort of like you the know, mastery, right? They, they, it's all, it's the right message. The counselors give them the right message, but they can't, they can't turn that corner to, to, right. to but now make you can understand yeah. why they're doing it when you didn't yeah. understand why you were doing it. Great way to say it. Yeah. And that's yeah. deep. Yeah. Or you can give them, you can just share that. You can share <laughs> they're, If you're there sharing whatever they're going through with them, and you have, like Jared said, that common understanding of, well, that, that takes away that loneliness a little bit. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. It takes away the isolation. I'll tell you, I, I didn't realize how much, how powerful what I'm doing is until maybe it was like, I think about a month ago, this guy came in. I'll tell you, you know, very tragic story. So his um, son committed suicide. He's a 14 years old, committed suicide oh. from, from bully. Oh, the, this man. guy was a dad. He walked in on his son, took the uh, rope off his neck. Uh. I mean, you talk about some sad shit. And he said, he came in, he said, man, I have to do this. And the dude, I mean, he's turned a corner. I mean, the di- first day he came in, he couldn't barely look you in the eye. He couldn't, you know, he had a hard time even, yeah. you know, talking about it or anything. And now he's in there fucking having a blast. Yeah. Awesome. And, and like that, like even just talking about now, like about everyone was probably about tearing oh, no, up. Right? Tearing I mean, up yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, no, that is, right. like, that's so up. terrible. Right. But, um, but to see him turn and like, he's a part of a community now he sees a bond with people and he's like, look, I can do things. Yeah. Like yeah. to, to feel that and be a part of that is like, I mean, there, there's nothing more powerful, you know? And, and I want to, 
and now we're going to start doing with other people. Like he was the one who kind of motivated me to start. I'm going to do this thing with uh, disabled kids uh, or adults, actually. Um, the, the, he said the rehab, uh, rehabilitated yeah. people. And I was like, dude, like what I'm doing is fucking powerful, man. It really is. You know, yeah. like, I mean, I can just, uh, cause everybody, everybody can do it and everybody's got it inside of it. That's yeah. a big reward that, that yeah. you receive whenever yeah. you see the positive, when you see it come through yeah. and you yeah. know that because it wouldn't have been great if somebody could have got to that 14 year old and let him know that it gets better Yeah, and that you can do this yeah. and you, you know I mean? To give them a goal and a reason. You know, that's, that, well, that and that's yeah. what, what we have a, a lot of teenagers, man. And, you know, I, I make sure to take an extra minute out of my day, you know, and talk to them like, you know, look, you can do this shit, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. uh, so t- what's the name of your business? Where, where are you now? Oh, uh, Immortal Martial Arts. Immortal Center. Mar- Immortal? Immortal Martial Arts Center. Center. Okay. Yeah. And where's that located? Um, in Polaris, uh, Lewis Center to be exact. The Polaris is an actual place, I guess. I guess it's a, the mall. It's right? a place around <laughs> here. Um, Anybody can contact you. Get signed Absolutely. up for classes. MortalMartialArtsCenter.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mar- yeah. So what's the address? Uh, 8938 Cotter Street. 8938 awesome. Car- Cotter Street. Cotter. C-O-T-T-E-R. I know that is. I've wanted to for a long time. I Maybe, I think Steve told you, I had a stroke seven, eight years ago when I was in my 20s. And I like jujitsu a lot. Like I'm the I'm the nerd that I actually watch videos online about what, because I'll look at something what somebody did. you do jujitsu now? No. I don't do it at all. Well, it freaks me out because the doctor told me, don't get on a roller coaster or anything like that because, you know, literally the whiplash and things like that could cause you to have another stroke. So I don't think putting myself in chokes and things like that would be good or I, I don't know. So that's actually exactly why I have two classes for jujitsu. Um, actually, and for Muay Thai. So what we do is at seven o'clock at night, we do only technique for an hour. So there's like a lot of women that come to that. There's professional fighters. Yeah. There's people that just want to lose some weight, whatever. And we just do technique. You for just, an entire hour. You just roll with somebody? And nope, no rolling. Okay. No, there's no resistance. It's only technique for the hour. And then at 8 o'clock, I say, okay, if, if you don't want to roll, go home. Okay. And, you know, and then that's when... I want to. The, that's the thing. I, don't, I just no, don't... Maybe you yeah, start doing yeah. yeah. So here's a, you know... Well, we'll talk some more about your business first. So you've got... I, 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 I And we need to get there and see it, but I Please picture do. sort of ba- boxing stuff. I, partic- I picture... Is there a ring in there that people get in? I don't or? have a ring right now. Okay. Mats that people roll on? I have I mean, mats. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's like, uh, who is your typical clientele? I mean, is it memberships? Do people come in with personal training or how's that work? Yeah, we prefer the membership. Um, you know, that's just the best way to get well, the most the model, out of right. it. That helps. Yeah. If, if you use yeah. it, they get more. If they don't use it, I well, think they get more of it. I mean, yeah. I think when you, anytime you put a value on it, yeah, you know, you're going to use it more often, you know, when you do a, a commitment to something, um, I wouldn't say there is a, a singular typical clientele. You know, we were actually going over this. I was going over this with some of my people the other day, sort of a, um, you know, what we call an avatar, you know, to, for a marketing purpose, right? We're building out, you know, who who do mm-hmm. we who do we market to? And realistically, I mean, anybody can do it is yeah. the thing, right? There's, I mean, it, literally anybody is going to benefit from it. I think that's um, what drew me to, to this stuff because it's like, I may not be a good writer. I might, I might not be good with a ball. I might not be a ballerina. There's all these, these like things that people have. But when you go back to like mixed martial arts in general, it goes back to like survival. You know what I mean? Like Um, back in our genes, being able to run from a freaking tiger or something like that is all part of us. And and it is an expression of yourself. I mean, that is what combat sports is. It's an expression of yourself and everybody expresses themselves differently and you can hone that expression in many different ways, uh, you know, to bring someone into your game. 
Right. Right. That's why, yeah. like, I st- like a while ago, like, I stopped watching videos because I learned from Marcelo Garcia. You know, he w- he would say, if they're watching my game, they're already in my game. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So right. now, you know, so that's, you know, where I come up with that concept. You know, what we're doing is we're expressing ourselves, and all we do when we when we go, you know, in the gym against other people is we're testing that expression against their expression. Right. Yeah. Right. It's still art, though. Right. It's just it's coming out in a different way. But I'm not going to lie. I mean, we were we uh, we were sort of selfish about calling you because we've got this little. Uh, I, here, here's my scenario. I have packed on about 30 extra pounds, and I think we we're all sort of lamenting about our current level of fitness. And for me, it goes beyond that. And I'll t- I will say this about it. It's like I remember I got myself in shape a few years back, and, I, and a buddy of mine was sort of complaining about it. And I said, "Look, man, you can get it back. You can get your. You can feel good again." I did it, and uh, I'm sort of at that spot where I don't want it to go too far. And we were like, well, we were on the air the other day talking about this, thinking we need somebody who can maybe help us get this done. And I was like, I know a guy. I know he's got a new gym up Polaris. Maybe he'd like to. Maybe he'd like to uh, give us. a So little what bit I'm of building tips. out now that may be uh, work for you guys pretty well, actually, especially if you guys want to do a fitness challenge amongst your own little group, is um, I have a meal prep service that I'm working with. The, oh. the most delicious meals I've ever had in my life. Um, Who do you work with? It's be called carbs. Trucking Delicious. Trucking there, Delicious. There is carbs Great in it. There's carbs in the Great name. That's what yeah. I need. As he has a food truck, but he makes everything from scratch. Does like, he deliver? Like, I mean, yeah, he delivers work? to my gym so we can, you know, put an order the week before. He delivers, makes everything from scratch, does his own style. Um, like he shucks his own fucking corn. Like, you know what I mean? Like this dude <laughs> makes his own ranch sauce. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I love this, you know? Um, I've had tons of meal prep services, and, and are they you know, this, uh, reasonable cost wise? Yeah, eight, like, nine, eight nine bucks a meal. So it's like what you would get oh, delivered if you were doing like like Home Chef and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think those I are mean, like eight nine bucks. It'd a meal. be like you know if you ate out at Chipotle or something. But this is ready to go. You warm mm-hmm. it up. You're good. You'll to have go. a protein, uh, a side, and uh, I, I think uh, what's the third? I think a carbohydrate. I think. Okay. You guys, doing, carbs, you guys carbs. are doing keto. <laughs> well, I mentioned carbs because these guys are going on like some no uh, keto, carb, crazy diet. Right uh, keto. Change, well, we brought we brought my mother in. She was on. We just did a show. It'll be released coming out here soon. And she is a wonderful cook, great cook, cook cook for my family. Taught me how. Taught me well enough to where I opened a restaurant. Uh, then my father retired, and uh, his his blood count was off, and they were like, "You're borderline diabetic," and so. My mom said, that's easy. She threw away all the sugar, all the flour. She cleaned out the house and totally changed. She changed their life. She said, this isn't, so-. and then now his blood counts down. He's lost 40 pounds nice. and he's done nothing other than eat what mom gives him. Now we had him in here and we tasted some of the food, which this is, is it's, it's got a I twist. Mean, it's crazy. It's, it's, there's no flour. I mean, it is good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she gave us these whole muffins that we're eating. What she said was two grams. Two grams. Yeah. Two grams of so carbs. I've done muffin. keto a lot. Like ketogenic. You guys know what this yeah, is? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. very similar to, to, to what she yeah. was cooking in and, and the route she's going on there. But, yeah. I mean, she makes carbless, sugarless cookies and, yeah. and, and breads and, and different things that when you eat it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. Yep. I've done the same, yeah. And <laughs> she has found that she wants to help people. She's like, it's amazing that this isn't taught. And she just felt that the doctors were like, well, here's the deal. And you got to lose like, weight. Don't take the insulin. Don't take the medication. Yeah. All yeah. we have to do is, 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 is just do it right. But there was no education out there for her to run with it. And 
So these guys here, somehow we started talking about this competition. And I was like, ah, wait, hold on. It was during the show. I was like, what, are you, what am I getting roped into here? I, I don't know. What are you guys talking about? I know none of this. And then I was having my mom come on the show, and I talked to her, and she said, I said, Mom, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't want to do this. She's like, well, do it now before you have to do it. She was like, because I'm just going to tell you, you know, at one point in time, you're going to have to do it. Or die. Right. Or die. Well, yeah. and that's or just it. I mean, and where I'm at right now, yeah. I, I should have another good 30, 35 years, you know? If I'm so so are, they, are they doing a true keto or are they doing like more Atkins stuff? No, it's just true keto. What's okay. the difference between that? Um, so the difference is keto is high fat. Okay. Atkins. So, so here's, a, here's what happens in, when you go very low carb, your body will start producing ketones. That's why they call it the ketogenic diet but you have to be doing high fat. So it, what it does is it mimics fasting. So your body will start producing ketones for energy rather than carbs. On Atkins, you're just going low carb and you still <clears throat> get what's um, um, gluconeogenesis where it'll convert the protein into carbohydrates. To, so your blood sugar could actually stay, um, you know, fairly. It is, it'll go down, you know, from a high sugar diet, obviously, but it could stay at a relatively high amount, like an 80 or a 90 or something. You know, even without eating sugars, because it's converting the protein over. But the the keto Atkins would say just eat whatever you want as long as there's no carbs. Uh, essentially, I yeah. mean, not totally, but yeah, essentially. Whereas the keto is high fat, so they're saying so eat low, low carbs, protein but... too. Oh, okay. Low carb and oh, really? moderate, moderate to low protein and high fat. So you're not doing low, you're not doing keto. Then. I, I'm just so, eating. So the only way you, no sugar we just right kind of change it just, up. That's what we've done. Yeah, so, so the so only way you know that if you're doing pure keto. Is measuring your uh, blood ketone your levels. Ketones, you yes. pee on a stick and you see if you're you can in ketosis. pee on a stick, but that's not necessarily in ketosis oh, because really? you're peeing on a stick. Yeah, you got to measure the blood, and then usually, like normally, what you want to do is correlate the pee stick with the blood marker and see because a lot of people will pee away a lot of ketones, but their body's not using it in their blood. It's gotcha. in their pee and not in their blood, okay. so they're not yeah. actually getting the so benefits. I need, more, I need some more reading. You know, or you the, can just go to Matt's gym, work out. Get healthy and get a meal. But you yeah. can't. My, you the can't, Truck and Delicious does keto-friendly meals. You can't oh, okay. outrun a bad diet, you though. You can't do it, right? You can't. I, mean, you, right. I mean, I can go get my ass in great shape, but I'll still be fat. Yeah. Fact. Well, not yeah. the yeah. meals for Matt. <laughs> so you just they, haven't done my workout yet. So trucking, <laughs> would they deliver to my house, or I got to go to? Uh, you I have to come eat. to the gym. He has drop-off uh, locations. Okay. All right, okay. so yeah. here's, here's, what, here's what we need to do then. It, would you be cool with us coming up there and doing a little experiment up there with you and maybe uh, learning a few things? Absolutely, yeah. Maybe that could be the fit. Now, Jared's got a fitness routine. It's his warehouse fitness. but yeah, Warehouse uh, workout. The warehouse workout. Oh, yeah, we got to get into that, huh? <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, it's doing something. I mean, I'm, I, you're getting I, sore. I, I, you're, you know, you're, I, I, I start my day about 7.30 in the morning. And I usually end it about 8 o'clock at night. That's my work schedule. So if it involves me being in the warehouse, like it had past week, I was there. If I touched a box, I had to do something with it. I had to do squats with it. I had to, I had to do a curl with it. I had to push it over my head. And, and so if, if the box was 30 pounds, the box is five pounds. If I touched the box, I had to do something with I'm it. I'm going to take my coffee cup. That's something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it, it's something. It's better than nothing. It's better than me having an excuse like, oh, I don't have time to go to a gym. No, I don't have time something. to do that. I mean, I've got time to, to jump a rope. You know what I mean? I can, I can get up and start the day by jumping a rope. I can... I, I used to run, and I still I, I enjoyed running. That was my that was my favorite part of, of anything was running, because it, it the scenery changed. I ran outside. I you know went to the parks and and you'd run up the hills and down and and. Well, when the cops are chasing you, got to go in all directions. Well, that's it. Know? When I used to buy tennis shoes, I always said that. I said I need some <laughs> shoes that I can run real fast when I hear freeze. <laughs> 
And I used to go up to Allen, Allen Creek, and I'd run up there on, and there's a hill, there's a trail oh, path yeah. on that side. Yeah. And I would force myself, and you'd said that, I would force myself, and sometimes I would get to the top, and I'd be like, I'd be like wiped out, but now mm-hmm. I've got to go all the way down to the end and all the way back and then back to that trail. And that, I do believe it's, uh, it was one and a half miles. So if I did it twice, it was, if I did three miles, but this like was, a 5K. I mean, this was in the late nineties, you know, and in, in early two thousands, I would do that. And sometimes I would do it in the morning and at night, but I do it before work and I do it after work. I did it on a daily routine. And then, but now I've had knee surgery, you know, wow. I've got, I mean, I don't want to be making We've all excuses, got excuses. We but, just got to, we got to get at Well, that's just it. I just have got to change it. There's different ways to do it. You don't have to always go back what you liked. You know what I mean? Because it's easy to, when you're working out or yeah. exercising to wow. do the parts then you like. Then it doesn't work so well. Either, no, you, so you got you to gotta move around and change something up. Well, do, do I know anything about it? No. I'd said that these, they, didn't, they blew me away. I mean, the only time I was ever in a gym was whenever it was required. In like, was your junior year of high school or something like that? <laughs> yeah. You had to work out in the gym? <laughs> and that was it. And then my whole life, too. I mean, I'm 43 years old now. I used to eat, drink, whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, whatever amount I mm. wanted, and it was fine. So how long I, have you been doing the warehouse workout? For about a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good start. I mean, no, well, that was it. So you're going you're gonna to get into some initial adaptation just from doing more than what you're doing before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, the problem with it is, is you know, the, the reason like we prescribe workouts when we talk about like strength and conditioning stuff, the reason it's prescribed is because there's what's called the, the said principle, specific adaptations to impose demands. And what will happen is, you'll get used to doing that and you'll do it very well. Right. And then there'll be no progression beyond that. Right. And then your body will adjust to it and you'll start getting fat right. doing that. That's what you say about running. Yeah, it's running. Like, I, I've always found running. I could run forever and I was really good at running, but I never really lost any weight after a certain amount. And then, I, in fact, I gained yeah. weight when I stopped because my body, I felt like my body just needed that to keep it my current exactly. level. And cardio your body, your body cardio is important, but there's yeah. So that's, you know, the West Side Barbell system. That's what it all, that's where it all kind of came from and started as you know, the said principle came from that and they call it the conjugate system where they, they may even do, say they did a bench press for, you know, six months, which they do all the time. They do year round, but they change up the way they do the bench press every three weeks because your body yeah. adapts within three weeks. Yeah. The best workouts I ever did were when I just sort of, I had, everything was different all the time, yeah. all the time. I mean, where, you know, if I did, if I'm working legs, it wasn't just doing squats. It was doing like five different kinds of lunges and then I would go run for a minute and then you come back. It's like that, that mm-hmm. was the kind of, that was the most effective I've ever had. And, that, and that's where they get into exercise prescription, right? Where you, so there's a progression, you know, with whether you're doing a lunge or a squat or what have you, you know, so there's a progression and that that's how you see results, right? I mean, that's, you adapt yeah. to things and then you stress it more. Yeah. That was like when I, uh, this is my, at one point I was sitting there Googling, I couldn't do any pull-ups. I was in, I used, I worked out at a, a gym, gosh, which one was it? The uh, Capital Club. It was, I was, I was young. I was probably in my late twenties. But they had this competition where you had to do bench press, some sort of squat or leg press, I can't remember, time on a treadmill, how far you go at, at, in a certain thing. And then they had pull-ups. Well, I sort of blew off the pull-ups, but you know, I crushed. I beat everybody in the rest, and I got crushed nice. on pull-ups, so I lost. And uh, so I started to read. I was like, man, I got to get better pull-ups. How do you do that? I better figure that out. I was looking at different things, how to get better pull-ups. You know what the final conclusion was? You gotta do more fucking pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like so we'll come to the gym. I'll show you some progressions. You can, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, do, no, I, I put a pull-up bar. My office, it's still over here. It's my okay. old office over here. I put a pull-up bar across. Every time I went in, I did two, and then the next day okay. I did the next week I did three, and then the next so, week. So I did one four. of the things you could do, even with that pull-up bar in there, if you still want to get better pull-ups, is put a band under your feet. 
to help you go up so it's less weight yeah take so some, now you take some yeah, get yeah but, more but, reps but now you're getting way. more reps yeah, yeah. And, it, and you're what you're doing is you're teaching your nervous system yeah. uh, to control that you're firing up and more muscles years later when i finally did that's how i did it okay I, except I, okay. Did, I would take some weight off of the chair just with my i would so i could do five or ten i got to the point where i could do almost 20 on my own if i want to do 30 i would do the rest with uh, a little bit of assistance okay there you go and then it uh then i could start to get to it but it was it was a remarkable it was a it was a learning experience for me because you, i started at zero and i was like all right just treat this like you would anything else. You can't do pull-ups. What the hell are you going to do about it, right? You can either just say, I can't do pull-ups, or you can say, I'm going to learn how to do pull-ups. Nice. And it just yeah. meant you just start doing them. And, uh, Made a choice. How many do you do now? Probably none now. <laughs> these guys that fell off again. I'm back to zero. I bet I could knock out five, maybe ten at the most. Like on the first, I was the first of this month. I, I, I te- We were texting each other, and I said, man, I just struggled to do six sit-ups. I did. I was like, this is crazy. It's pretty I, low. I mean, of setups. That's <laughs> pretty low. Hey, man, I ain't going to sit here. To, no, I did 12 last night. That was good. And you right. doubled but up it, already, but dude. Shorty, but Shorty came out, crushed out like 35. She's, and my wife, she, I was like, she's fit, though. Well, I mean, and she was she a gymnast. Out. Yeah. You know, oh, I didn't she, know that. Yeah. I mean, but, but not lately. Once again, well, no, sure. we, we've, we've hit that time. To where you, uh, your body changes after yeah, thirty. Yeah, you don't have to let it. I mean, and Matt, how old really are you? Starts to go now. Thirty-eight. So he's my yeah. age, thirty-eight. We look a lot different. And, yeah. And I didn't have to let that happen. I could have ate better. I could have, yeah. you know, been out at, at at the gym working out. I think I mean, you're looking alright, bro. Your body's a machine. I appreciate right. that. All, every but, day is a day to start. That's all. It's like well, we're talking about right. this on the air. It's like, oh, I'm gonna start in January. I'm gonna do. It. Right. I was like, why don't we start <laughs> right. now? Like, yeah. let's today. Let's do it today. Let's today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when? What's a good time? Uh, here's what we need. We need. A, we need. A, we need guidance. And we need a place, and we might even need a judge. I don't know about that yet, but we'll have to figure it out. I don't know how we determine who wins this. Oh, that's easy. We'll we'll do um, body measurements. So we'll take weight. We'll do um, fat calipers. We'll do the the body impedance, impedance, I mean. You know, so, you know, you grab the electric thing, and it'll tell you how much fat and how much water is in your system. Oh, Oh, gosh. I hate that stuff. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Like, um, I'll do that in like six months. You know, if you if you want to get real deep, we could do blood draws. I do. Yeah, I'll do a yeah. blood draw. I think we should. Yeah. I think we should do the whole the whole. The yeah, whole I'll, I'll give you the whole, the whole thing. thing. And yeah. but that's the, if, that's if what you, I'm saying. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I need I need to ask for help. Well, he's here for bro. I need to come to the gym. Yeah. I, I need to go Believe through me, You wouldn't be the only one. All I'm doing yeah. right now is you're picking up boxes. Well, look, I'm just going to cycle TRT, dude. I'm, I'm on it, dude. Let's just do this. Right, we could do. We well, could that's do... where we get the blood draw, right? Yeah. And we'll know. <laughs> so you have the capability to do blood draws and takes. Uh, oh, like, I who don't. Does it, who does it? Who do you recommend? Do you have guy? <laughs> I mean, do you have a guy that'll. Uh... Um, it's pretty easy. You just go on like uh, healthtestingcenters.com uh, or requestatest.com. Um, there's tons of them. You just go to LabCorp. You know, you just buy the test online and then go to LabCorp. Gotcha. Mm. I, mean, yeah, I can do it easy. on you. You can do it on doctor. me. I have a doctor that can probably do it. I suppose, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but you can do it yourself unless he unless it'll it'll go through your insurance or something. But you know, you can literally just do it yourself, and I, you can and you have, can shop around online. You need a doctor. Yeah. I don't have one. Yeah. I mean, the, the, like I said, I, 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 I go for uh, accidents. Yeah, that's yeah. what I. That's what I see. Get my medical well, treatment. I, I, yeah. I go every time I try to cut a finger. I mean, the last time, yeah. But I'll go on that. I'll go on if if you want. I'll go on and tell you which ones to get. So they're pretty yeah. simple. I mean, there's here's what I propose we do. So we we're we're gonna pick a day. I know I know I will follow through. I can't talk about talking about these jokers, but I will be up there. I'm gonna bring some of my kinfolk up there too. I like to bring my boys up there, young, but they need you know we'll, they're gonna do they're it. They're fine. Me. How what, are they? What ages do you work with? Um, we don't have necessarily a minimum age. Okay. Um, 
So I just started. So my six month old, he's cool. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we, I mean, there's babies running around there all the time. But <laughs> all right, well, I'll bring my six year old. She'll love it. I've yeah, been trying to get yeah. her to do my karate. Are, my kids are eight, something. and I let them play around there yeah. sometimes. My my daughter's three. She runs around. She, you know, she's crazy. Um, but we have like a, a teenage boxing class we just started this week on Tuesday, which you know could go all the way down to like probably six to eight years old. Cool. The coach his um. Um, his kid, I think, is eight or nine, and then uh, Adam DeSabato, I think you know him probably. You know, yeah, he's uh, right. he's starting a, a wrestling, a youth wrestling program probably next week. It might not start till the new year, uh, but a lot of people they just bring their kids and like it's a family friendly environment. I just yeah. let them just run around. Um, you know, there's some weights and stuff that might be a little bit of a liability, but other than that, you know, they're perfectly fine. I have a TV with a uh, Apple TV, you know. So, you know, you can put them on the, so my, the, my daughter watches Peppa the Pig like a motherfucker. So. Dude, my daughters are way into that. Yeah. That's all she asked for for Christmas. Yeah. So Peppa here's what we need to do. Bitch. What, if we're going to, if, like, if you, if you had to look at me fat as I am and say, I'm going to get that guy into shape, how many times a week when, I mean, I, I I'm going to do stuff every day, but it's like, give me a reasonable regimen to come up to your place when, uh, when I can get the work done, when I can start to just tell me what needs to happen. So if you're. If your goal is solely weight loss, uh, it's not that. In fact, that might be the secondary goal. I just want to feel good again. I want to get my muscular system back. I want to get strong again, and I okay. want to. I want to. Uh, here's what it is. I want my body in great shape by the time I turn fifty. I'm forty eight and a half. Gotcha. Um. Well, I say you know it could depend, right? You could do like the boxing class, which is more aerobic, and just you know you're just doing boxing. You could do the jujitsu and or the Muay Thai class, in which case you'd be learning a lot of technique with your fitness. Um, that's what I, could, I would pick. That's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yes. I think for most men, that's you know kind of. The thing, when I was right? a child, I took I took judo classes. There you go. You okay. know, so yeah. I mean, I'm 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 familiar with a few. And yeah. like whenever I, I stretch, I try to, to use the same ones. <laughs> what I mean, a few. I mean, a few, that few, few. Familiar with a few. Shakes his hands a little bit. Yeah, I love it. Love uh, it. Usually, I just tell people forget everything you learned before. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> no yeah. offense. No, no, no sure. sure. Just sure. forget that, it all. Like that's that's the best. Yeah, yeah, I agree to that. Yeah, just forget everything, and because uh, it was probably wrong. But right. so here here's what's gonna happen. We are, uh, he's, he's our, he's sort of the guru. He's the man, Matt's the mastermind. And, uh, you're a Mr. Miyagi. We can do, I think we no, all I need like to Splinter pick a date better. that we go up together. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm down. And How many if, days a week do you want to commit to? Uh, shit, shit. I don't know. Or every, is that part of the day. challenge? It's, well, that may, no, the challenge is results, right? I believe in result oriented. Right. So you can go as many days as you recommended. What do you recommend? Uh, four to six days a four week. Four to six. I'm working out every freaking day. Mofos. Every day. I'd recommend. See, that's why we strap yoga, those uh, yoga, heart yoga. monitors on and we just now, see where all our heart. Now, if you want to do something every day, we do have things that you could do every single day. Yeah. And then your membership just includes, I mean, you can come in whenever you want. Yeah, we have a top end membership that'll take care of everything. Well, Palmer's the top end. I'm probably more like the. <laughs> you're not going. You know. You're going you're gonna to flake immediately. I already know you. Now, Jared, I'm worried about him a little no, bit. No, no, I would. That, that's <laughs> all. Like, I, I mean, like, I, Jeff like, like I, I don't mind losing. But uh, not without a fight. Right. If I get you my know, ass kicked, I mean, legitimately, I mean, if, I'm always If cool I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose. But I, I, I'm not so, just going to. I don't admit defeat. I'm not going to just let it happen. Yeah. I, I'm going to fight. You know. I mean, if we're going to, that's and that was what Shorty was blown away too. Was that I just decided and I stopped eating and then she, and she was like, what, "What?" She's like, "Are you really doing this?" 
And I was like, I'm, I'm really uh, doing I'm, it. I'm, I said, I so, so the challenge, if you guys are going to do jujitsu and or Muay Thai, has to go beyond body composition. Yeah, he's try to make us no, I'm, la- I'm, I'm just la- saying, la- like, la- body composition don't mean a damn thing if you're, All right. what if you're putting on muscle, losing fat, yeah. right? What if you're feeling better than you ever felt in your life and you're feeling 100%, but, you know, you still got a little more fat than the next guy? Did yeah. you really lose the challenge? What if I sink a deep triangle choke into old JB right here? See, Bring it on, bro. Is that a winner? Now we're talking. <laughs> Jeff sank a choke choke into me yesterday. Yeah, I did. I said I, I, I tapped did. out. He's bro. like, he goes, he goes, <laughs> that stuff. Out. I was, he goes, I was that a little stuff. afraid. Now, he goes, Bill. that stuff doesn't, it isn't real. I was like, dude, it's So real. my recommendation, <laughs> yes. let's, let's, let's have two challenges. Let's, let's, um, two I'm, challenges. One body comp, which would do a percentage, right? So, yeah. you know, so All coefficient right. of your body weight or your current composition. Yeah. And then the second would do jujitsu matches. Game, all right. Because just you, you can. You're not gonna get hit in the face. Yeah, I might. I might. Yeah. I'm, I, I, you know, if I'm you'd not. rather do a sparring, we can do that. I don't think we should do that. Yeah, I, can, I can make that happen. Jujitsu, you can. You can tap. If I get hit well, in the face, here's the deal. I, I, my brother wants to be a part of this. And, I know. Uh, he's in too good he, shape. But he's in, well, he can. He can buy the gold. We gotta get Loper into right. Loper. He put down the drink now for a couple years. Loper's an athlete. Loper's in good shape though. Loper's more on your. You know what we need to do? It's like we have to pick our pro. Like we can pick who we want to work. Well, with. that's right, easy. No. Yeah. Uh, I do have. I've, but here's the thing: it depends on how often you come. Loper can't make it that often. Right. So, and I happen to have trained with Loper a bunch of times, so I know Where all of his tricks at? in my gym. So oh, the, the he comes there and trains. Okay. Yeah, so I know his tricks. So if he's not there, I can show you how to beat him. See my my store my store is right <laughs> so, there in Westerville, so I'm right down the road. See, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in Hilliard. Advanced Vapor. They were oh, okay. there. Uh, okay. Yeah. and State Street. Oh, cool. I'll go over there all the time. Yep, right yeah. between Smash Burgers and Little Caesar Pizza there in the Walmart Center. Nice. I'll come check it out. They won't let yeah. him sell CBD yet, but it's coming, and they're going to legalize that stuff. Is that How's that going right now? Man, Any updates on that? That's, that's long. I asked <sighs> probably five different prosecutors the other day, drug prosecutors, because I was just wondering, because I've heard so many good things about it, and uh, no one gave me a straight answer. There is and a they were all like, it's not there, lawful in Ohio. Yeah. Not lawful. Yeah. So I have a, the, a company I work with because I, like, I just moved from Denver. So I've worked with tons oh, of CD, CBD companies. Stuff. Yeah. Um, I have one. I've, I've had probably 20 of them try to sponsor me. And I was always like, dude, this is some snake oil. I don't give a shit. Um, one of them sent me some that I fucking love Saving Grace Oil. I have a code now, Immortal. So it's safe for 15%. I'll get a little kickback. Saving kick back. Grace Oil. So if I, if the question is this, if I, if I go online, I type in immortal for the code and I get a discount and I get it shipped to me, am I committing a crime? Yes. You sure are. Really? <laughs> yes. In my opinion, you're asking a criminal well, defense lawyer. Now, now what about this? What about, the, what yes. if, what if I gift it to you? It's crime. <laughs> well, I'm possessing I, I it. Get, you well, can gift me marijuana. The, I own the vape store. Yeah. So the, I, I get hit up with the hemp lucids, the uh, hemp meds, and they all want me to carry their products. And one day I came down here to see Steve. This is when he was first starting out the podcasting. He just set up mics in there. And, and, and the whole meeting I sat down with was I contacted their company. They sent me their legal, you know, paperwork. And I looked through it. I was like, this reads like a defense, you know. And I brought it to Steve. And we all sat down and looked it up. And they were like, he was like, he was like, Jared, he's like, you know, as your friend that's an and attorney. And they'll tell you don't, it's fine. Don't, don't put they'll it on your like, No, we've got it here's all clear. The, here's the problem is that. What people were relying on in those days changed a little bit, but what they were relying on in those days was a stretch to begin with, so they had to advocate as to why it was, mm-hmm. and I even talked to people, and they, they say it was such surety, and I'm like, yeah, but this was the agricultural farm bill that's talking about t- testing in labs. I mean, yes. what are you doing with Schools it? Schools like, labs. well, no, I mean, I, 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 they, they just they gloss right over it. I'm like, all right, maybe, but... Uh, 
If you're asking me, is this lawful? I would say no, or it's at least very questionable. And then Ohio passes medical marijuana, and the DEA comes out with this edict that says we're going to schedule it, and I don't care if it comes from hemp, I don't care if it comes from pot, I don't care if it's got any THC in it, we're treating it that way, and it's going to be scheduled. Ohio passes medical marijuana and says uh, we're going to make at least marijuana medically lawful in some way. That's still sort of unknown how that's going to look. Mm. And then uh, the feds maybe changed their standard, but Ohio adopted the old federal standard. So you've got this mishmash of stuff that doesn't make any sense. Now, the, the truth is I don't know, I haven't heard, nor have I represented by any call or otherwise, anybody who's had a CBD problem. Um, so in Ohio, no, I haven't so, seen it charged. Yeah, so well, I don't know. I I brought in though the, the but I want CBDs. I want it all for this. I want it all for this challenge. They were hitting the stores and they were giving them cease and desist letters and they were pulling their product. Yeah, right, I, I, I brought knew that, that and that's why that, I don't want to possess it. And whenever I heard that, it was down in Lancaster. Once yeah. again, it's it's all in how tough the cowboys are. You know what I mean? If they really feel like going in, now I'm in Westerville, so I was like this. You know what? I'm not I'm not going to carry any of it. I'm not going to have that product in my store. And, and once again, like, like the snake oil always bothered me because I was like, I know that the true CBDs and the good CBDs that are coming out of Colorado, some of them have a waiting list. Some of them are, you know, the prices. I was like, they're, they're not matching up here. And then I'm not a doctor and none of my employees are. So when someone comes in, it's like, I want something, I got this bad back pain. And then we sell them something, they come back like, it didn't work. And they charged me $150. And, yeah. and it's like, I just didn't feel comfortable in prescribing something to people. Now there's like a, there's a whole line out there. They wanted me to join on a, a Camway multi-level. Uh, and, and they came in my store and they were like, no, you, you don't even have to sell it here. Somebody comes in, you just get them to, to join up and so then it's level and then you run yeah, through it's it. It's just shady, man. And I, I didn't want, anything to do well, look, with multi-level it. Multi-level marketing is perfectly fine. I mean, no, there's it's nothing fine. On, it's fine. Uh, Amway's it's just, still there. It's yeah, still they call fine, it a pyramid scheme. But, but the no, fact they call it Camway. Yeah, it's right. Like, it's yeah. like it's Amway, man. Come on. A lot of stuff is sold and marketed that way, and it's on its face not a problem. But my problem with CBD oil is, like you said, snake oil. There's some of it, and that's what you're talking about, Jared. Some of it, you just sort of, they're selling it at a truck stop for ten bucks, and then these other people are selling it for hundreds of dollars over here. It's like yeah. somehow there's a Something's difference. Weird. I don't, I don't know what's yeah. wrong. I said I get mine for free, so you know, like I wouldn't, you know, like I've never paid for it. Yeah, that's a you well, know that's a big distinction, right? Well, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I I know like a bunch of them would have given it to me for free, and but I was like, I don't even want it. Yeah. Yeah. Until I tried right. this one. Right. right. When so, I tried right, so, it, and and I talked to the guy every now and then the the CEO and. I mean, everybody I've recommended to has said the same thing. They're like, dude, this is really good stuff. And I talked to CEO. He's all about, he, he told me he's got very low margins, doesn't make hardly any money. He doesn't make even make a living off of it because like he's, he needs a little business advice. I don't know. Yeah, well, he's, <laughs> you know, his, he's just, a, he just wants to help people, I guess. But yeah, he could probably use some business advice too. Socialism, baby. Um, yeah, no, no, no. He's not <laughs> in it for socialism. I can tell you that. Um, well, so we got, we got six days of workout. I'm going to borrow Matt's well, hyperbaric chamber. I'm going to do, I'm going to do cryotherapy. What I'm, is I'm, gonna, I'm, do I'm going float, hard, do dude. It all. Do the float. You need some counseling. He's you got, you got a sauna yoga. still? I'm working on it. I don't have one right now. All right. So we need to get, uh, we need you to get You can't cheat with, with the sauna. Used that's to why, do, dude, Matt used to that's do. That's why we do bio impenance, because then you can't cheat with the sauna, because we'll mm. see how much and water you have. You used to what do what question the answers on the, in the sauna. You were I doing did. question yeah. and answers yeah. in the sauna, dude. That was, yeah. that was what, hilarious, what's your story? So What's the hours or, of, of, of the gym or the training or the schedule? Um, or? So you want to do jujitsu, right? 
I think we just uh, want to do a little bit of everything. Well, I want to do a little bit of everything. Maybe. Okay. I don't know, whatever you you know. Well, the schedule's online at MortarMarshallArtsCenter.com. Okay. We'll check it out. Uh, but I, the basic rundown is uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 a.m., Jiu-Jitsu, um, 10.30 and noon. Monday to Friday is cardio boxing. The noon class is just a lunch class, 45 minutes. 9 a.m. We don't have anything going on Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Court yeah, doesn't court start at that time. Yeah. get cooking until at least. <laughs> Fuck court, man. Priorities, guys. Come on. Um, I love it. And then 545 is cardio boxing again. We call it the Strike Fit program. And then uh, um, 7 o'clock, Monday through Thursday. Uh, what? Uh, Monday, Wednesday at 7 is um, Muay Thai. Tuesday, Thursday, 7 is Jiu-Jitsu. 8 o'clock every day, open MMA training. So it could be Muay Thai mixed with Jiu-Jitsu, vice right. versa. So here's, here's right. what needs to happen. Um, will, will you come back and check in with us here on the show periodically? Is this on For sure, yeah. All yeah. right. So we're going we're gonna to go. We're going to join. We're going to get memberships all we're going to all work this out except a, for this Bill. This is going to be so embarrassing. Bill is not going to work out, but he wants to fight. <laughs> it's going to start. He's going to fight. Like Bill, dude, he said, right. he goes, I'll fight somebody right now. He's like, right. you were. Yeah. All right, we're going to do a, a real fight or just jujitsu? Because that's not a fight. Just, I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like you the first thing. I don't care what it is. All you right. want to go into a Let's cage go full and fight out. a guy? We'll go just full in. Let's go full out. A uh, cage match. Not against you, though. Well, yeah. You gotta pay me a lot of money. That's right. You don't fight for free, bro. Not anymore. Well, I guess I do, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to. So yeah. that's what we're gonna do. And uh, I don't know if we can get there every day a week. I mean, my workouts usually, just to put in perspective, are like four in the morning, four thirty in the morning. So I gotta, I, I, I will, I will make I some can, changes. I can just for you guys. I could prescribe some uh, when you can't come. I could give you a pres- exercise prescription. I could hell. I could even just give you apps that you could use. Yeah, like you know, I mean, this is two thousand, almost nineteen. I mean, yeah, we'll figure like, it out. You can just literally just go on on different apps, and you know, it'll give you the entire workout on the app. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you which ones are good and bad. I think yeah. here's what we do: once a week, we all commit to being up there to one of those classes. That's just yeah. it. That's gonna be now. You can go up as much as you want beyond that, but once a week, we all got to be there. So that's part of the challenge. If you got an X next to your name on that. Which it should be a Friday night. Then. It a, should be after we record. That's a demerit. Oh, Friday night would be cool. We have it's open training, so I don't run an actual class, but we usually spar and roll around and stuff. Uh, I'd keep it open because sometimes I have to leave town for different yeah. reasons, or you know, Friday night I just want to spend with my kids or something. Come yeah, on, man. like yeah. tonight it'd be a cool night to come up tonight. Like we're having some guys come down from Toledo, like five or six of them. They just want to spar, get some new sparring. So you know, I let my guys do a free for all on them, and it's kind of just. You know, hmm. see who you know lives through the, see, the that's night. Just you know? I mean that that's where it comes into where I've got to commit to go in because there's a big part. It's like I don't want to go in there. I don't either. I'm just gonna tell you. I was like, I don't want to go in there. <laughs> oh, I, I I've don't got I, I've got I've got nothing to offer. You know, no, but I, he's I, not gonna. I, 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 bring, no, not, I don't don't bring nothing to the table no. on this whole it's thing. Like, here. So, so this is the <laughs> this is the biggest. I, I guarantee this is the biggest barrier in my business. I bet people feel that exact same way. Have women that. I've had a few women that uh, drive by and, you know, eventually they'll stop in and they'll be like, dude, I've, I've been driving by for a month and I was just scared to come in, you know? So I, you know, this is the biggest, uh, uh hurdle that I, I deal with. Um, I guarantee once you come in though, you're going to feel right at home, man. Right. And yeah. there, there's tons of guys like in your uh, situations that are, that are going to, you you'll mesh right in with them. All right. Men and go. women. We, we have, have, a, we have a, a large amount of women. Mm. Cool. 
That's Bill. incentive I'll for you, Five Bill. days a week. Yeah. <laughs> Most are married. All right. All right. So it, that's, uh, I think we got a good game plan. Everybody yeah. got to meet Matt Brown. Thanks for coming in, man. That was My awesome. My pleasure. This yeah, is, uh, this thanks, is great Thanks, stuff. Matt. And yeah. uh, I think we got more to do. And uh, I think we hopefully will be able to sing the praise of uh, the Immortal, what's the, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the facility. What's your place? Immortal Martial Arts Center. The Immortal Martial Arts Center. Soon enough, I will be singing its praise. When's the challenge beginning? All right. Fucking now. <laughs> right. Trucking now. Well, we well what's, what's, a, what's a good end time, Matt? I mean, we, we can't just say, well, in a month. I, mean, I think what three months. Three months? All right. May 5 think, is my birthday. I think three months because um, then we'll, we'll get, uh, you know, if you do a real match, like, you know, you got to have something. Right, you you're not going to get it in a month. Yeah, you'll still be no. figuring out. You'll still be the guy rolling jujitsu. Like, well, what do I do? You know, like at least you'll have some sort of game right. plan, so some sort of objective. Months. In March one, March one. Yeah, for the Arnold's. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Arnold time. So March one, game on. Um, we need to get a one star. We need to get in and get the the, the whole check in done. Yeah. When's that? Not uh, whenever. When you want to do it? Next Mo- Friday. Monday. No, mon- oh, Monday. Well, Monday's Thursday. Well, I mean, we do it Monday oh, wait, night. Monday, we, we do it Mon- Monday night. Monday night. Monday's Monday's busy day for me. Man. All right, we'll talk to you. Just text me. Text me, and we'll figure yeah, it out. I'll we'll, give all yeah. you guys my number or whatever yeah, if you want. Right. Sounds cool. great. Let, let's put it together. All right. Well, here we are. Lawyer talk off the record on the air with Matt, the Immortal Brown. Awesome stuff. Immortal talk. Immortal talk. Anyway, uh, that is lawyer talk off the record on the air, at least until now. <laughs>